Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors Blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is um, the first one I've done in the Book of Acts for some time. We have been very busy in this season of ministry at Eagle's Wings, and I'm grateful for what God is doing. Our students have returned to school, and um, there's just been very much that has occupied my time. So I've been unable to write anything new from the Book of Acts. So this is our our series we've been going through for some time, but I've I've done several rebroadcasts either from the Gospel of John or the Book of Proverbs just to just due to not having time to write from Acts. So this morning I had time to do some study and to write this brief lesson from Acts chapter 14. That's where we had left off. And just a reminder about the context of that chapter. Uh, Paul and Barnabas have been continuing their missionary journey, um, visiting different cities in Greece and Asia Minor, preaching the gospel. And at the city of Lystra, Paul had been stoned and left for dead after the people had actually, when, when Paul, um, when the Holy Spirit healed a lame man, and the people had tried to declare that Paul and Barnabas were gods, that the gods had come down to them in the form of men, and then Paul and Barnabas had torn their clothes and refused to allow the, the pagan people to offer sacrifices to them as gods and urged them to turn away from idol worship to serve the living and true God. We, we looked at that lesson I entitled An Ironic Turnaround, where the people went from trying to worship Paul to just a little while later, um, encouraged by the Jews who rejected the gospel, they stoned Paul and left him for dead. So that reminds you of the, the background context we've been going through. And I wanted to do that because we're just going to look at Acts 14, verses 21 and 22 today. And um, we'll begin by reading that, and then I'll explain what we're going to focus on. So verse 21 and verse 22 of Acts chapter 14 says this, When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So the title of this lesson is Through Many Tribulations. This lesson, our, our focus today on, on the reality of tribulation in a believer's life, that reality is not unique in the New Testament. Everywhere you go in the New Testament, you find testimonies about suffering, predictions of suffering, or, or narrative where you see someone suffering. But though suffering is not unique in the New Testament, it's very contrary to much of the doctrine taught in Ugandan churches, most especially in the charismatic Pentecostal fellowships. I'm sure we have all heard things like, Jesus died to make us rich, Jesus came to take away our poverty. Jesus is going to take away all your problems, etc. And those are just a few central things, but people take it even to the point of some people saying, um, if I'm a Christian, I can never get sick. I can never be poor. I can never have any sort of, of issues. The reality is, when we go through the Bible, we do not find any such predictions or descriptions. They are not there. 
Those things are inventions of teachers who preach the Bible for what the Bible calls shameful gain, meaning they, they, they take the gospel, they twist it, they make it their own to get money out of it, which is they, they're, they're prostituting it. They're making it false. They're making God a liar. They're telling lies in the name of God to deceive people into getting what they want. And the Bible also condemns people who listen to such teachers. They say that the only reason that it says the only reason teachers like that who lie about God's truth, the only reason they have an audience is because in the last days, God says people won't want to hear truth. They will gather for themselves teachers who have itching ears. That means teachers who are aware of what people want to hear. So they don't, they're not motivated by love for the people. They're motivated by love for themselves. So they just create messages that their listeners want to hear in order for the listeners to give the teachers what the teachers want to receive. And that's the cycle of the prosperity movement and the prosperity gospel. The preachers are enriched while those in poverty don't really care about Jesus. They just want to get more material things. So they keep on giving even though they're not getting more and they keep on trying to somehow get God to, to give them what they want without actually looking at what God demands from them. If you truly want to know what it means to follow Jesus, all you have to do is read his word. He tells us exactly what he demands from each of us. Verse 22 of Acts 14 tells us that we must pass through many tribulations on our journey to God's kingdom. The Greek word translated as tribulation there is thlipsis. It's a word used 45 times in the New Testament. It can mean affliction, trouble, pressure, tribulation, and persecution. In case the believers at Lystra didn't agree with this notion, God gave them a very real example when Paul was stoned in their city for preaching the gospel. They saw from the beginning what it meant to follow Christ. I want to briefly share from several passages about the promise of suffering in a believer's life. And I challenge you to submit to what God says, even if it contradicts what you've previously believed. And if this description doesn't please you, I challenge you then to search your heart to see if you've truly ever actually made Jesus your Lord and Master. This is what Jesus said it costs to follow him. In Luke 14, verses 26 and 27, we read, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Just as our Lord was given a cross by our Heavenly Father, which was his assignment to die for our sins, we too, his followers, must bear a cross that our Father has assigned us in our service of Jesus. Philippians 1 tells us we've received the gift of suffering along with the gift of faith. Philippians chapter 1, verses 29 and 30 says, For it has been granted to you, that's granted is the Greek word it's, it's, it's a gift. It's been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, 
you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Romans 8 tells us, for us to receive our inheritance in Christ, we must partake in his sufferings. Romans 8 verses 16 and 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. 1 Thessalonians and 1 Peter tell us we should not be surprised at all when trials come upon us because God has predicted we would have tribulation. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, from verse 2 to verse 4, we read, And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, we read, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Second Timothy explains to us that everyone who lives an obedient Christian life will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. When the Apostle Paul wanted to prove his apostolic authority, it was interesting what he said. Many times, prosperity teachers who claim to have special anointing power and be able to do things for you, when they're talking or testifying about the evidence to show that they really are a man or woman of God, they will point to their riches. They will point to the mansions that they have, the cars that they drive, the number of people in their congregations, the money that the churches possess that they have planted, things like that. But when you read the New Testament, you don't find any such evidence given to show that a person is truly a servant of God. This is what the Apostle Paul said as, as pointing to the evidence that people needed to listen to what he had to say. In Galatians 6 verse 17, he says, From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Paul pointed to his scars that he had received for suffering, for the sake of the gospel. This is how you know I tell you the truth because I have suffered these things for the sake of Christ. Knowing these things, be careful lest you also be condemned just as the Jews of Jesus' day who failed to believe his preaching but tried to forcefully make him king when he fed them free food. In John 6 verses 13 to 15, we read, So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. 
Why did Jesus hide himself and not allow the Jews to make him king? Because they wanted him to be the God of money, which is the true God that they served, not a king who demanded they must submit to his will and commands. You can tell who your God is by what you worship and what you prioritize. For example, suppose you tell yourself you don't make enough money working from Monday to Saturday, so you find work to do Sunday as well that causes you to neglect the fellowship of the church. Who is your God? Money, because you choose to compromise God's instructions to get more money rather than sacrificing money you could earn in order to obey God. The Bible is clear about the cost of following Jesus. Let no one deceive you with human philosophy, nor an appeal to your greed. If anything is more important to you than Jesus, you can't have Jesus. God bless you all.